0: racing cars need racing fuel and race fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend, and it's available in drums at Winton Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower For more details head to racefuels.com.au
1: Mark, up garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story, Is all red flag. This is a suspended race.
2: And we're back. Jeez, I almost fell off my chair. That is massive. What a massive way to start this program, Tony Dalberto. How are you? I'm well. You were, you were struggling to sort of find the words to start the podcast, and I thought, well bugger it. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. You just banding? by shouting at me. I have, uh, I've done some physical exercise today. I went and swept some floors up and down, up and down. Oh. Oh, that's exactly what I did. Other than that, I've been resting because I still can't get rid of this, this dirty lurgy that is hanging around. Like my voice doesn't, that. my voice doesn't always sound this throaty and sexy. Uh, um, usually I'm six a lot weeks. more dry. It's been six, six weeks. Six weeks at least mm. you've, you've been
1: crook and you haven't had one COVID test.
2: Well, I haven't needed, I wish I had COVID. I wish I'd had the COVID because oh, I would have been go. over.
1: Do you know how we're going to get criticized for that? We're well, going to get criti- like crucified for saying that you wish you had COVID. Mate, there's people dying for, from COVID.
2: Yes, and uh, I feel bad for those guys. I feel very <laughs> bad for them. But uh, I feel worse for myself because I've had to deal with this for six weeks and it's just been hanging around at the in my ears and down the back of my throat and on top of my lungs for far too long. But... Definitely has we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. How has, uh, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, it's been quite cruisy cause, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are probably from Melbourne, but it's has been terrible weather. So I had all these plans to paint things and do jobs around my house and thankfully it rained. So I got out of it.
2: You will Great. Yeah. Nothing like well, painting is the worst moving house. I reckon is the worst job. Painting yep. is probably the second worst job.
1: And it's got to get done at some point, so I'm going to be buggered at some point. So, um, anyway,
2: not hey, no, this weekend. No local racing this weekend either. It's been hard to even know what to do with ourselves. Supercars should have been on at Simmons Plains this weekend, other than that, uh, that dreaded COVID up in Brisbane, which pushed everything back by one week. Uh, TCR and uh, all the ARG categories—they've just come off the back of the six-hour. We've still got a couple more weeks to them. It's kind of back to a normal world this weekend.
1: Yeah, we've got everyone's got a bit of bit of a break, but I feel like supercars uh, lost a bit of momentum. You know, like it feels like we haven't had a race for a, such a long time. It'd be great to see them back out on track at Simmons Plains, but later in the year, Grant, our AIG events are going to slow down rapidly. We've got a, we've got an event coming up at Sydney Motorsport Park in a few weeks, and then after that, mate, it's pretty slim pickings for a long time. And that's when the supercars are going to come into action, and we'll have plenty to talk about. That's right. Um, supercars in supercars land. So anyway, we'll uh, sit tight for another week and then we'll tune into some supercar action. But on this episode, we've got an amazing guest mm-hmm. uh, and a guest that is just going from strength to strength. And I don't know if we're actually worthy to have them on our show. And I and I use the term them because once I say who it is or agenda, you will probably know exactly who I'm talking about. Yep, um, We've had, no, we've had her on our show before. Oh, You're giving it away now. We have, we have had, I think probably a couple of times. Um, She's one of our good friends, but I feel like she's just, her stardom is just getting bigger and bigger and almost out of this universe now. So certainly beyond us. But the good thing is though, Grant, she's in lockdown. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've mentioned before, she's going to spend probably at least three months of the year in lockdown with all the travel she's doing with her racing.
2: She's parked so up. She
1: is she's parked, parked up. up. So there's no choice or no chance not to actually come on our show. There's no reason. <laughs> so we've got her locked in and we can, we can keep uh, checking in on her uh, during the year. And I reckon uh, we'll have to, especially after her
2: amazing result recently. Yes, of we course. Can we introduce her now? Yeah, we can introduce her. Her name is Molly Taylor. She is a former Australian Rally Champion. She is part of the Seven Network broadcast for both Supercars and TCR. And she's also racing for Nico Rosberg's Formula Extreme Team. And she won the very first round, the inaugural round of that championship. Her stars and stocks are out of this world. We are not worthy. and we'll right, We're not. We'll Talk to her we, a little bit really later on. We're just we're effectively just keeping her busy while she's in hotel quarantine, but we're that we're those kind of guys, yeah. We're, we're here to, to have others lean on us, it's fine.
1: But it sounded like when we we're trying to organize this interview with her, she had to slot her in, slot us into her day, so she had that many other things going on. So I don't think she's sitting on her hands waiting for this two week quarantine to end. She's uh, very, very busy, um, a lot of social content going out as well, and uh. She's definitely a popular young lady at the moment, and rightfully so. I mean, man, she must be pinching herself to win the first event. Uh, just to be hanging out with Nico Rosberg and his team as well, like, hello. That's mm. pretty cool.
2: Not bad. Not bad. And to be talking to us a little later on, that's pretty, could, wow. it's just going for strength to strength. <laughs> All right. Hey, before we talk to Molly, there's plenty to talk about in the news, so let's just bowl into that. So this is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. They built the Parked Up website, which you can go to at any time for free, no extra charge, and listen to our back catalogue of episodes. This is uh, episode number 53. Can you believe it? And the Motorsport website, guys, are also building a brand new website for my business, which is going to have something very exciting coming up very, very soon. Oh, you've been very promising soon.
1: this for weeks, Well, mate.
2: we might. Let's hint at it. Let's hint at it this week because I okay. tell you, Molly is a little part of um, this project that I've been hinting for a while. So I think I'm kind of ready to, to reveal just, oh. just a little bit. Well, we've got Molly on, so let's, let's okay. talk to Molly about it. We'll do that Good. later on. This oh. is the news. This is the news. So a a significant news moment for supercars during the week where they announced that two new recs racing entitlement contracts are up for grabs. Now, if you want to be part of the supercars championship, you have until the end of this month, April of 2021 to submit your request to join the supercars and they'll go back from 24 cars to potentially as many as 26. So two are up for grabs. Tony D, you used to own one. Are you Are going to get one?
1: Mm. No, no. Our time's passed uh, with <laughs> that. But yeah, you're right. Our family did own a a REC, Racing Entitlement Contract. And uh, back then, it was a very good investment because the income that you'd get from a license was quite substantial. So yeah, it would cost you a million dollars or so to buy, probably a little bit more than that. But then you'd almost get a million dollars back every year with revenue from category sponsors, TV rights, and all the money funneling into supercars, um, fans coming to the circuit, and that helps the teams go racing. Uh, these days, it's a little bit different, and you probably don't get quite as much money from the income from the license. It doesn't generate quite as much.
2: Yeah, The TV um, deals a little bit less as well.
1: Yep, all the and, and, and costs have sort of gone through the roof um, with running these supercars. So hence why Gen 3 is all about cost containment and, and taking some of the technology out of the cars yep. uh, to reduce some of those costs, which I think is, is a great idea. But I did read a little bit about it and it, it's made me chuckle a little bit um, because a team was actually trying to get hold of a license last year. And I assume that was Tickford yep. uh, to go back to a four-car operation. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And they actually offered supercars to not take the income from the license. So just give them a license so they can go racing Mm. but you guys keep the income for X amount of time. I don't know how long, maybe a year or two or whatever. And supercars didn't let it happen. Um, So I'm a little bit, you might be able to enlighten me but I'm a little bit confused why now they've put them back on the market and suddenly uh, they want to expand the field when you had a team at the time ready to buy a license back so they could run four cars
2: hmm. and not take any of the uh any of the cash that came with it that's how keen they were to do it um look i i really don't exactly know the final answer to why they want to do it i'm sure there's got to be like a couple of a uh, couple of key ones because by putting two extra cars out there you actually slice the dividend by you know whatever percentage by, yep. by by whatever that's right so um each of the teams will will probably suffer at the end of the year when they do get their return now it's probably only like 50 or 60 grand per existing team that will you know they cop that little bit of a hit but so in the scheme of racing at this level 50 grand is probably not not a great not a great deal it's it's kind of like your cherry on top sort of mm-hmm. cash that the team owners will be um, deciding whether they buy themselves a new watch at the end of the year or if, <laughs> or if they I... reduce their holiday from um, from two weeks to 10 days. Yep. So yeah yeah. but do you
1: what do you think the reason is behind wanting to expand again, going to 26 cars rather than 24? Like does it actually uh, make the show any better? Um, because I'd probably argue it, it doesn't really. Unless there's people knocking on the door saying we want to get into supercars, you know, let us in to spend some money and and uh, make the category stronger, you know, employ more people, generate more money within the sport.
2: That has to Unless be the those, case. Those people, then that why ha- would you do it? That has to be the case. That has to be the case. I spoke to a team owner recently who said there was at least four genuine people interested now and no names were given but two of those yep. were existing customers of supercars two existing team owners and two were brand new not in the championship right at the moment so yep. look if that's right then they probably feel they've got enough to go out there and uh, and get a, get a, see how much they can get for these these two it's a it'll be a nice cash cash injection mm. into the supercars fold to uh to to get those that cash so and yeah it does dilute a little bit but to, as you say it sort of gives another two entries opportunities to bring new names to the sport now whether that's yeah. drivers or sponsors or whatever and who knows where that could lead look as a um as a you know a punter i want as many cars as possible like i'd rather see a uh 26 car um or 30 car oh, for sure pile up uh, down into turn one rather than 24 car pile up you can have a much more a much bigger smash with more cars so <laughs> you, you don't wish you just don't crash no no but you just don't
1: want to see uh you know the last 10 cars on the grid yeah the team's got no money because there's not enough sponsorship within australia to fund it all and it, it really doesn't add to the whole show so um it'll be interesting to see who who grabs them but you're right there must so, be people interested if that is the case.
2: So who grabs them? Who do you reckon? So Tickford's obviously, oh, Tickford. one, right? So there we go. What's the uh who's you, who's your tip for number two? Blanchard. Yeah, I think so too. That's exactly where I was thinking. Hope I was hoping we were gonna have something different to say.
1: <laughs> well, if you look at it, there's no one out like most teams have got either two cars, uh, or they're running four, like a Brad Jones, for instance. Tickford are the odd ones out with three and Blanchard's single car entry. So um, it just only makes sense that they're, they're the ones sort of looking, unless there's like a new team out there that wants to come in. Um, you know, Gary Rogers has been spoken about this week, yeah, but
2: and that, that, that won't happen. Like,
1: yeah, look, there's no space in his workshop. I, well, I was gonna I'll... say he's got 50s TCR cars and and 25 S5000s in there, yep.
2: Um, so the Blanchard thing makes sense because if, if Tickford move back to four, then they actually get left out on their own, so yep. they'd have to, um, merge with whoever that knew if there was a th- three car team or a single car team however it will go so they kind of lose that that little link that they've got to tickford yeah. they'll always have the link because they're a customer they're using all the equipment and, and all of that but this year so what to- you're
1: really talking about is in pit lane so at exactly. the moment tickford with three cars they share with blanchard so yep. blanchard uses half of tickford's crew to do their pit stop Yep. And they all pit together which makes sense because a Tickford car and it all works beautifully but if Tickford go back to four and then uh, Blanchard's going to be left out in the open and and potentially have to bring more people to the track just to do a pit stop
2: yeah that's right yeah and I'm no good at it so timmy B don't ask me because I'm <laughs> I, will, I will be terrible but look there's nothing actually stopping someone buying a wreck uh let's let's use a, a good super two driver at the moment family who might have a good cash levels and they buy the wreck and ensure that their son or daughter or entrant gets that chance to Mm -hmm. to compete and take that to blanchards that i reckon makes the most sense the blanchards have put themselves in such a good position especially after that unbelievable start to the year with timmy slade um for that brand new team Uh, at Mount Panorama in the opening round of the championship. It's an easy place to, uh, to, you can see that that team, they know what they're doing and they've got the right resources. They've got the right people there. You take your rec to them, um, let Blanchard's team run it. That for me would be a great way for, an easy way for Blanchard to start and also a a, a start with two cars that is and um and and a good strong way for a brand new driver to the series to to launch in
1: yeah i totally agree because i don't think timmy blanchard's going to want to have to fund two cars in the championship just yet i mean he's just started a, a new team very expensive uh to do that and uh that would probably be the perfect way to gently ease him into a two car operation and get himself ready to employ me for 2023 um just quickly <laughs> i'll just leave it there <laughs> leave that there <laughs> uh, i did learn something about the blanchard team they bought dick johnson's trailer oh what the old yeah. one yeah the old one
2: the, didn't they
1: used to run that with the sierras or something it's yeah, ancient they, they, it's been around forever and dj it's a m- and museum piece D- yeah, and even DJ Team Pensky the time the whole time Penske was here with all this money apparently, yeah. um, you know well, that everybody would carry on about. They still use DJ's old trailer because Roger loved it. Great. Um, but they actually bought uh, I think it's uh, Lucas Dumbrell's old truck mm-hmm. or transporter, and um the DJR have just started using that. And then, so they sold the old one to Blanchard's because they just. Blanchard couldn't get a trailer to transport his equipment because, you know, uh, COVID and all sorts of reasons, they just couldn't get one. So, uh, interesting little fact there for you, Grant.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we go. Truck sale. Slade
1: dog. Slade dog uh, would have used it last year uh, at Bathurst with Enduros and would have been rubbing his hands together, thinking he got rid of the old
2: truck. And now he's stuck with it again. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, I always remember a story about your truck that you had as your first supercar truck. It was an old superbike truck. If I remember. Yeah, it was a Suzuki. There you
1: go. Okay. It was a beauty. It was a beauty. I like it. And our, our old trailer is still going though. It's the old, it's the Pirelli truck at the moment. So if you see the Pirelli truck, uh, transporting all the tires to GT rounds and things like that, that's our old transporter. There we go. Truck yeah.
2: sleuth. Get onto it, Nuna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: All right, a little bit more Supercars news uh, this week as well. Poor old Jordan Boys has been dragged into a bit of uh, turmoil uh, and has had his Bathurst win taken away. Super 2 win, yeah. Super 2 win uh, for an illegal motor.
2: Oh, the hot rod.
1: Now, that that uh, doesn't sound good, but just to put everyone in the picture, uh, Terry Wyhoon runs that team. And he leases engines off Walkinshaw Racing or Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, I should say. Um, so basically, the engine comes to them as a sealed unit. They put it in the car. It gets installed. It gets run up by somebody from Walkinshaw that uh, helped them with that. And then Jordan Boys goes and wins races with it. And they would have no idea if something wasn't right. And mm. so unfortunately, he's sort of been dragged into something that it has nothing to do with him or nothing to do with Terry either, who runs the team. And it sounds like it's got something to do with supercars and some regulations and some parts that they were allowed to use because of, uh, they couldn't get parts from uh, during COVID and, you know, they, they were sort of restricted. So they actually got a uh, special dip- dispensation to use a different part to get themselves through that little period. And now it's come to bite them on the backside.
2: Mm-hmm. No good, Not
1: big. Good. Not big, good. I feel sorry big, for
2: him. Yeah, big donk for the big day. I think for uh, for old Jordan Boys there. He did such a great job. Uh, now this is so Terry Wahoon has always run a very slick, uh, very competent operation. Mm. He's up against some big names. He's up against two very very good Triple Eight race engineering cars, four Matty White cars, who are all using you know basically latest spec nissan altima stuff that has been able to win the past couple of championships so and i know jordan boys has been doing it for a couple of years and a very very good steerer he certainly deserved that win at mount panorama in the first round of the dunlop super two series so yeah, wildly disappointing for for him and um it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back the next round is at winton it's still in um, over a month's time it's a, a almost a joke, the gap between round one mm. and round two of the Dunlop series. Talk about no momentum for the Supercars Championship, like difficult to mm. uh, run a, a Super 2 team. Or well, how do you sell that to a sponsor where you've got such a big gap? Mm. But, um yeah, but, you know, for, for Jordan, it's super disappointing. And, uh, yeah, I guess everyone will kind of be hoping I guess if you're a uh, fan of Jordan boys or a, uh, or, or at least someone who understands the sport that, that he can bounce back quick and, and prove some of the knockers wrong. But surely, uh, you
1: know, if it is uh, how it's been portrayed in speed cafe and, and other publications um, that it wasn't really Terry's fault. It wasn't Walkinshaw's fault. It was, you know, they were given the permission to use a certain part and I'd have no idea what that part is or those parts, uh, but that's what they're saying, then surely it can be reviewed and looked at and, you know, maybe overturned.
2: Um, I'm not sure. Are they going to appeal? What's the uh, What's the process from here? Have they talked about appealing this?
1: I'm not sure. I've got no idea. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't know other than reading what's on Speed Cafe and I assume you're trying to read it now to get yourself up to
2: speed. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, they haven't talked about any, I haven't seen any appeal at this point, and I'm sure Walkinshaw's will help them try to appeal as well, because Walkinshaw's were very quick to offer comment on on this, because as you sort of said at the top of the, your point, it has nothing to do with Jordan Boyce. It has nothing to do with Terry wyhoon's image racing team. It all comes down to the engine that was supplied. So Walkinshaw's were very quick to defend their position. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is some level of appeal to try and clear everyone's name from this.
1: Especially during this period. I mean, there's a, there's a reason for it. Uh, It's very unusual for a engine builder these days to get done for an illegal engine or something like that. You know, Um, during COVID there's obviously restrictions on things and struggling to get parts and everyone's trying to keep going racing and make the show happen and now they're sort of copying it. Um, So anyway we could go on all day about it, but I feel sorry for Jordan boys. It's going to put a big dint in his championship. And he's one of the blokes that um, could definitely win this championship this year. So he's um, going to have to knuckle down and try and regain some of those points. I mean, the good thing is there's a lot of rounds to go and everyone else can have DNFs and, and dramas. So it's better to happen now than the last round of the championship when he needs every point he can get to try and win it. So uh, yeah, we'll see how, see what unfolds in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we might even get Jordan on the on the phone to have a chat to him in an upcoming episode to try and find out what happened and what his thoughts are.
2: Yeah. So with the with that new uh, adjustment, um, unbelievably, it's Zach Best who leads the championship uh, after the two races. Uh, he leads from Brock Feeney, Matthew Charter, and Ange Mazuris, who all move up after Jordan Boys loses some of those points. It is. Completely wide open this Super Two series. I haven't seen a, a Super Two series, or haven't seen been had so much unknown about a Super Two series in such a long time. Uh, a lot of young guys who uh, are, are you know on the cusp of potentially moving up, but they you know they might be it might just be a fraction before their time. Uh, well, I think
1: so, uh, we've we've spoken about it before. It's one of those years where you do have some guys with experience. Experience, but then you've got a whole heap of young guns coming in, like a Missouris, like a Brock Feeney, guys that don't have a huge amount of experience, but they are throwing everything at it. Um, because some of these boys, uh, like I've just mentioned, they started Super 2 last year, but man, I, w- I really wouldn't call last year a full season of well, Super 2. You know, like three it's literally, literally a couple of test days, really, worth of racing. Um, so this is their, their proper attempt at it this year. And I think it, it's going to be... Really good championship to watch. You got Triple Eight in there this year, um, and some season campaigners like a Matty White as well. And Matt, I, I did actually listen to the chat that you had with Todd Kelly because uh, you did that without me. Oh, um, sorry, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll no, no. But it was actually it was actually really interesting because it made a lot of sense why the Nissan is so competitive in Super Two now. I, I never fully understood why in the championship series the Nissan's never shone but mm-hmm. then you put them in super two and suddenly they're up the front of the field. So, um, it made a lot of sense. So thank you for diving into that, diving into that. It was actually no a very good interview.
2: I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here for you, mate. You are I'm here for you, you and your information gathering. Um, yeah. So I guess that, uh, Nissan program was a very expensive way of building some fast super two cars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, in other news, I've been told by my wife, um, and I thought I should bring this up on the news because it's quite a big deal for parked up. Yep. Um, I'm no longer allowed to mention Tim Brooke um, oh. unless he wins a race or something.
2: Um, well, we you know we actually missed giving him the shout out last week. He actually finished no. on the podium. No, nah, we missed we didn't talk about him last week. Oh, okay. Well, there you he, go. It's he finished started. third overall no, at, at Mount Panorama, and we didn't mention him once. He got absolutely left out.
1: Oh, he didn't mention it. He didn't ring me in and complain. So he obviously doesn't listen, <laughs> uh, but no, that's, that's come a, become official now guys. So if so, you think, why, why isn't Tony mentioning Tim Brooke anymore? It's because my wife has banned me. I yeah. think she's actually jealous. She thinks that there's something going on with me and Brooksy.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, he's a, he's a good looking lad. It'd be a good catch for nah, He's not really, he's not no. really though,
1: is he? Nah. Uh,
2: okay. He's got good eyes, good okay. eyes. Bro. Yeah. Um, there you that, go. That was so, important. So they're the three hot topics. The yes. Rex Rex for Sale, Jordan Boys uh with his um hot rod kick canned, and um Timmy Brooke my, has, has my, sexy eyes. My divorce with Tim Brooke. Well, it's big news
1: in my world, mate.
2: Okay, fantastic. All right, um, mate, I, think, I reckon that's about it for the news. There's uh no racing going on, There's no F1. Uh, there's there's nothing really for us to talk about for on track stuff. We're just making Mm. up all of the uh off track stuff, which is keeping us nice and excited, nice and revved Mm. up, especially for Simmons Plains for round three of the Repco Supercars Championship, which kicks off for a two day meeting down there in uh Launceston. So, looking forward, I'm going just for two days, I'm only going for Thursday and Friday. And I'm staying, I realize the staying on Saturday, Sunday. Yes, I do realize that, but there's just a couple okay. of things I need to go and tick off down there prior to the meeting. And then I'm going to come, come back and I'm actually going to a nineties party, I'm going to a big, <laughs> uh, nineties festival out, out in the, we rangers out here at the Roch, Rochford wineries, wow. there's a there's a nineties party. And, uh, yeah, I've got some, got some fancy dress and, uh, and all types of stuff. So a little bit of a, uh, letting my hair down.
1: Letting your hair down—that's what's right. left of it.
2: Oh, I got had plenty of hair. Hey, you I'm got sure. you got good hair, yeah. It's just not it's much great. color left. <laughs> That's okay. It's it's the fox. It's the fox, oh, I, se- sexy foxy look. I
1: I have so many grays coming through now, but I don't care. I like nah, it.
2: Just uh, just own it. Just own I it. I just
1: embrace it, mate. Where we go,
2: it's it's done wonders for me. It's done nothing all for all me ex- <laughs> except people teasing. That's all right. I got thick skin let's uh let's move on that's it that's that's it for the news our news of course was brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au we can now talk to molly taylor she is a legend and we are hardly worthy but we're going to grab her on the line right now to talk all things extreme winning hanging out with nico rosberg and uh whatever else we want to ask her it's molly taylor on the parked up podcast we're powered by race fuels. And it's great to welcome Molly Taylor back to the Parked Up podcast. Molly is literally parked up. She is in her hotel quarantine. Molly, you're a superstar. How are you going?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but thanks for having me back.
2: Uh, you are a superstar. This is amazing. What a journey you've had. That, forget the next two weeks that you've got cramped up in that hotel room. Uh, you've just come back from Saudi Arabia, winning the very first round of Extreme E for Nico Rosberg's team. What an amazing experience! I have no doubt.
0: Yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, I think from the start, just go into these really remote places and, and places you've you know never been in your life or you probably wouldn't go if it wasn't for an opportunity like this so um yeah that whole part was amazing and then obviously getting to the to the track the track itself was absolutely insane um and then you know the the other teams and all the all the drivers and the caliber of all the people you've got there Uh, and then essentially everyone being set off into the unknown and we didn't really know what to expect um until yeah we did those first laps so it was just a Yeah, it was a whirlwind, but um, obviously it went really well for us, so we're very happy.
1: My mind is absolutely blown because (laughs) the calibre of drivers, the people you're mixing with, just to be able to call Nico Rosberg a friend um, and just, you know, ring him up or text him or whatever is just such a strange thing to do, I think. So are you you sort of coming to terms with that now? You know, you you are on the big scale or big league these days.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I don't think I'm fully... Terms with that yet. Um, but yeah, as you say, just having uh Nico is so hands-on with the team. So you just you know in every debrief, um, you know, chatting before and after every race. And you know, when you're getting into the the swing of it, then um, you know, you sort of have to have these conversations in the moment and you just kind of get on with it, and then you yeah, you realize <laughs> you're like, Wow, what um yeah, what's what's going on here? Um, but even you know, we were having a chat after one of the races and was just chatting to Jensen about like a technical thing with the car and, and chatting like you know Harry and I or you know we would just in the paddock and then for I just stopped myself halfway through and I was like Jesus <laughs> 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 who am I just having this casual chat with it's yeah it, it's an insane platform they put together um in every respect.
2: So tell us about uh, Extreme E Racing. I guess we got to see all of the news coverage from your amazing results. There's plenty of big stars driving, plenty of big stars owning teams. Uh, for our new uh, listeners who might not have any idea what Extreme E is, it's obviously uh, not too many um, carbon emissions being uh, pounded out of the cars. It's all electric. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so essentially it's an all-electric race series so we have uh, electric SUVs um, that can make up to uh, 550 horsepower uh, and when we go to five locations across the globe that have been severely impacted by climate change uh, and then we we essentially go to these areas that have already been devastated to some degree by climate change we, we race there in the locations uh, and whilst we're there we take part in uh, legacy projects um, that are helping to preserve and um, repair the the land there and do things for the communities, uh, as well as on a broader scale, the the ultimate purpose is to try and create more awareness about climate change and use sport as a platform to be able to spread a message to more people.
1: Do you find it a little bit strange that you do some of these cool activities with other drivers and then you have to try and put the helmet on and, and, quite aggressive towards not aggressive towards them but you, you know you're treating that as a competitor the next moment
0: yeah it, it's um I suppose in rally we're used to being really friendly with our competitors because we never really are racing door-to-door um so that's yep. kind of the environment that I'm used to so I suppose at the start you know everyone's pretty friendly because no one's got into a battle yet yep. um but you know a lot of the drivers particularly on the male side a lot of the drivers are all do rallycross together so I think they kind of you know already have that established um, friendship and that established rivalry as well. So it's um yeah I think that, that you know from everyone's going to develop as, as the years go on. But I think there is definitely a sense of you know united by this common purpose and the, the events um before the event for example we stayed for two nights on the extreme East ship and this ship is uh basically the service park it will carry all the equipment all the cars to every race um and they also have scientists that are living on the ship and conducting research. <laughs> whilst it sails, you know, through the ocean. So, um, you know, at that point, everyone's just so, yeah, excited by all this, you know, being able to be part of all this, this stuff. So I think there's a very good vibe across the whole, the whole paddock. Can I
1: I ask a little question and it might be uh, a little bit blunt, but, who is paying for this
0: <laughs> yeah it's nuts it's nuts and and i think that's um you know with the power of um alejandro gag who founded the series he also founded formula e beforehand um so he has experience of putting something together at, at that scale so um yeah in, in terms of being able to raise the capital for that that's he's um yeah definitely shown he he's done it before and, and that's what he's doing here and i think it's you know when you combine the power of um the the message that they're sending as well as sport then it really has a lot of uh, potential to get more people on board.
2: Tony and I struggle to put the capital together to run a park, a podcast <laughs> let alone, um, a major championship like that yeah. um, so just tell us exactly what the cars are like to drive obviously they're um, electric so I'd imagine they get up and go pretty quick.
0: Yeah yeah so the talk um, you know obviously when you put your foot down you've got all the power um, there for the taking so the the torque and acceleration is is really really good um they're just over 1.7 ton um and suv so they're they're big um heavy um but but then you know we, we're racing on pretty rough terrains and by the end of the the race weekend the track that we were driving on was was pretty rough um so yeah great as an off-road vehicle, um, more car-like than I was anticipating, which which is nice. Um, But yeah, then it's just getting used to the the silence, I suppose. It was the first time normally in rally, once the the stopwatch goes and you're into the stage, it's all pretty intense and you've got the co-driver calling the notes and, and it's all happening. And it was the first time that I've really experienced such serenity when driving because you were so nervous before because you know the like the show is amazing and in the command center when all the drivers are all standing around you have to be in this control room and they've got this like music out of a thriller movie playing so just if you weren't nervous enough as soon as it starts this music comes on it was just so intense and then you know you don't know what to expect and you jump in the car and then you take off and suddenly it's this just beautiful peace and quiet and yeah, it was the first time I sort of hopped in a race situation and just gone, I'll just stay here for a while, please. This is quite, <laughs> this is quite nice and chilled. Um, yeah, it was cool.
1: Do you think some of the experiences you've had recently, uh, especially on the SAS program, um, has has given you a bit of an upper hand to tackle some of these new challenges and not have any experience, but just to have a big old crack and and get on with it?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think the biggest thing from that experience is just, putting yourself really outside your comfort zone and then, you know, kind of figuring out this is as long as you focus on the next thing you've got to do, then just, just do that. Um, and then see what happens next. So I think, uh, you know, it's still is really difficult putting yourself in that position, but I think having that knowledge that you've, you you know, you've done it before and, and you can do it again. I think that certainly helps anyway for the self-talk. Um, yeah. Before you go out.
1: Now you're sharing the car with Christoph. Um, he's a bit of a gun himself. (laughs) um a little bit a little bit different in height now I've got plenty of experience with that uh um, <laughs> racing with Fabian Coulthard for many years uh so h- how do you tackle that you know you guys are jumping in the same vehicle uh, do you have a little booster seat or is there enough <laughs> scope to move the seat um, and th- are there any different settings that you prefer and th- that he prefers
0: yeah so I have a very big booster seat um the way the cars are built even with the seat uh, all the way to the back and on the floor your head is still, looks like he's trying to drive in my position. (laughs) Um so for him it's it's very, very squished. Uh but then yeah, we have a yeah quite a deep insert that um that I'd have to chuck in because he's about 194 centimeters and I'm about 168. So it's um yeah yeah, quite quite a big difference. We didn't really realize I actually um was chatting to Nico at the very start of it all when you know we were confirming everything and and then he did he sent me a message and said, Jesus I didn't realize your hair was so tall. (laughs) How <laughs> well, maybe H-
1: belts and things
0: uh yeah so they make um uh now they've got like a mandatory pit stop time so uh, it's 45 seconds which is like from us standing you know we've got to run to the car in that time and run back and things so it's not just the pure change in that 45 seconds but there's enough time um for yeah for us to just do it safely when we're not yeah not hanging around but there's enough time to do that
2: So the next round is in Senegal. Have you done much research on what that circuit's going to look like? And can you continue this form?
0: Well, we've, we've been given a few pitches, um, but yeah, that's all we basically don't see where the track is like essentially saying like here's, here's, it's going to be on a beach. (laughs) Here's a beautiful beach. Sounds delightful. That's why we know. So, um, so yeah, it'll be the case, you know, I think like in Saudi, we we turned up on Thursday and and then they said, you know, follow the flags and go out and try and do a recce run. Um, and then our recce car couldn't even make it through half the course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, we, we essentially don't know what it's going to be like, what the track itself will be until till we get there. So it's, um, yeah, all, all part of the experience. But, yeah, hopefully we're hoping we can keep the form. I mean, when we, every session we did, we were the, the fastest in our session so um uh, yeah that's a great way to start um i mean there's there's a lot of you know uh i guess density in the field and, and the times are still really close so i i think it's not a case of just resting on that performance but i think it's a good start and um you know the more time we get in the car the more we learn and then hopefully we can just keep uh keep going that way
2: is there a much adjustment in in setup? Is uh, how much input do you, do you two have into how that how the car is going to feel?
0: Uh, there's a bit, um, not a huge amount. Uh, so essentially, they're all built by Spark in France to you know keep a, a level platform and one make style. But uh, within that, we can essentially change. Um, we have three different spring options we can choose from. We can change the the damper clicks, um, so bump and, and rebound. Um, and then you can change um, settings like the distribution of the power. So both the motors front and rear are independent of each other, but you can set, um, you know, whether you want 50% of the power in the front 50, at the rear, if you want 20, you know, one and 80 or 30, 70 or whatever. So that that's up to the teams to choose, choose that. That's probably the the biggest things you can do.
1: You've lost me completely Molly talking all that technical talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: I'm
1: joking. (laughs) Um, Now you've got a busy schedule. You're on the broadcast team and we've spoken about this before. What's the next supercar event that you need to attend?
0: Well, hopefully the Bathurst 1000.
1: Oh, what? Um, That's ages away.
0: (laughs) At this stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all kind of up in the air, but um, I'll be at Sydney Motorsport Park for the next TCR round. So I don't miss, you know, just basically the rounds you're doing, Tony, whether it's TCR or supercars, I just, you know, follow you around <laughs> everywhere um, <laughs> but yeah it's sort of I'm looking Thank at the moment to what I what I do post um, Senegal because obviously traveling backwards and forwards and doing two weeks in a hotel yeah. every month or two isn't, oh. um, isn't a great situation either so yeah that's all kind of the, the middle part of the year is a bit up in the air.
2: You are currently in lockdown as we uh, or in hotel quarantine Um, are the air conditioners working is what's, and what's the conditions like there in Melbourne?
0: I have some level of air conditioning, but I think they put the thermostat just there for show because I've tried all different temperatures and all different fan speeds and I get about the same. So, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think they're, um, yeah, they're definitely very, very cool. I mean, they were cautious obviously when I came in December, but it's really, um, you know, I, I'm even to get an exercise bike in has been some interesting conversations about how much wind a a road bike on a stand trainer will produce in a room. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got to do what they got to do. We've got to um, yeah, keep everybody safe, but um, yeah, hopefully I can get the ability to do some exercise and have a little boot camp again and, and not go crazy.
1: Grant, they would not let you travel. If, if you can't pass <laughs> a certain amount of wind, hmm. then you wouldn't be allowed in that hotel.
2: How did I know that was coming? <laughs> so what are you doing to keep yourself occupied for the for the next couple of weeks? Have you got uh, a PlayStation?
0: No, I don't have a PlayStation. So I've never really been into video games, to be honest. Have um, you got a
2: Logitech uh, G923 hmm. or whatever? <laughs> no. When- <laughs> Don't that's me. just giving it us a great smart. that's a cheek cheeky plug for one of our sponsors there take yeah, yeah. I, I
0: well, like anything for free um yeah luckily i've got a heap of a heap of work to do and a heap of stuff that i'm working on so i've got like a two-page list that i've have been creating over the past uh, month or so every time there was something that i needed to do like grant asked me to do some stuff for him the other day and so I just put it on the list. and Thank
2: you. <laughs> for well, we
0: these two weeks. Um, we did
1: talk about this briefly because Grant's been saying for the last couple of weeks, he's going to announce a special project. And he he gave us a little tease at the start of the show. And he said he'd talk about it more when Molly was on. So mm. now's your chance, mate. Yeah, this is it. This
2: is huge, Molly. This, is, uh, <laughs> this is some ground, but I'm very nervous. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. But uh, during the COVID periods, and we all really weren't sure what we're all doing, I decided to do a couple of things. One of them was drink red wine. And whilst I was doing that and not worrying about what the future was going to be, I wrote some children's books. And uh, I think I originally wrote four in one night or wrote the bones of four in one night. And then, and then I thought, well, we definitely need, I, def, I wrote four about four Australian motorsport champions blokes. and I thought they were blokes and I thought, well, this isn't very fair. I need to do a one on, our uh, our best girl as well. So um, I went through all of the list, and uh, none of them agreed to n- none of and them l- would let me do and it. All
1: the others wouldn't do they it. They all
2: said no. They all said no. But uh, I got to Molly, and she said yes. So I thought that's your be beauty. Of course she go. did. So um, Maybe the bottom of the barrel. Nah, definitely good old
1: Molly. helping us
2: out. Helping us out for sure. So um, my very exciting news is that I have five children's books which I'm going to release. That so they'll be available uh, for sale, uh, hopefully soon, probably within the next week. And you'll be able to go to the uh, websites or whatever and order those. I've shown Molly her book and she didn't, um, she hasn't asked for too many corrections at this point. So <laughs> I think that's, uh, only
0: that's 95% it. of all the royalties. That's all. There we I was going to, I was going to get to that
1: Molly. What, what, uh, has he, have, has he looked after you or has he been a bit cheap and nasty?
0: I think he's, you know, just um, very uh, optimistic with how many sales he's going to get with the, you know, oh, the amount of zeros okay. he me on that check. So. Right, right, Obviously, right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was two zeros and they were both behind a decimal point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a three-figure sum. Um, yeah, so. so
0: have 100% so, uh, rise as well if it did really well.
2: So it was actually a really cool way that Molly's book came together. Uh, I had to uh, just grab Molly for it was only probably a 20 minute conversation just to run through uh, her career. So we picked out a couple of um, key points about uh, what she had done. And uh, your your story is awesome. Where you know you I guess you started at the absolute grassroots. Even though both of your your mum and dad were both involved in the sport, certainly your mum well known for winning four. Australian rally championships as a co-driver. So like I guess the rally stuff was always in the blood for you. But then, you know, you did the the grassroots stuff and you won some New South Wales championships. Did you give away the whole book here or what? You won no, 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 it's fine. Well, the book the book is her book. Uh, but you pay you pay you the cash for the pretty pictures. Uh, that that's 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 the deal i can't explain the pretty pictures you're gonna have to you're gonna have to rewrite it though because you've just gone up another level Yeah, exactly yeah it's uh, look i feel it's all in right now it's all in there just don't go and win that uh don't don't go and win the extreme e championship because then like i'm i'll have to do part two exactly then you do another book and more royalties Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: you got this all wrong
2: Anyway, Molly, the the, the your, your story is really cool. When you when you look back on it, you know you went overseas, and you know I guess you were almost on the cusp of doing something awesome over there in the on the world rally scene. You came back to Australia, and you did what you you, you did the very best you can here in Australia by winning the Australian Rally Championship. It's um, it's yeah, you've crammed a lot into your uh, just on thirty years of uh, living.
0: Thanks for making me sound young-ish. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's almost a little bit like a round two um now because as you say, I like was overseas trying to do that. And and whilst it went well, and you know, the opportunity to come back here and, and work with Subaru's been amazing. Um, you know, that the sort of overseas stuff came to an end. And now I feel like, yeah, it's um it's funny that it's all it's all coming back again and and who knows what will happen, but it, it's kind of exciting to be yeah reliving it the uh opportunities again
1: it's really exciting and uh i just hope that when you do win this championship this year Thanks. that
0: like the i like yeah. the when <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> definitely um you'll come back on our show at least and have a chat to us Boy, so sure. i reckon she'll she'll be asking for like appearance money now and things like that
0: yeah i'll ask it's for the get... um i'll just ask grant to match his book uh, royalties
1: yeah it's gonna get harder and harder you know the beauty of you being in lockdown at the moment is it's a bit easier no to choice. get you on the phone yeah but you know when you're not you'll be like i'm too busy for you guys now go away
0: whatever whatever no, but
1: by the end of the year though this show will be like just it'll be like letterman you'll be you'll want to be on it you know
0: <laughs> i have no doubt i mean i listen to all your episodes too I'm not even joking my sure. you know, beach walk i put it on yeah i do
2: great good nice. good thank you Thank you. thank you thank you we knew that we knew that that uh, fifth and sixth uh, listener was uh i think it was yeah. my mum, tony's mum. yeah there's a couple more and then yourself so we're working out who's listening to us tony this is really good this is really good all right molly taylor it's been great to have you on the parked up podcast yet again um i thank you very much for being involved in the little heroes children's books, which will, which will come out soon. I feel nervous that I've actually started, yourself. I've started talking about this. I've just been keeping, it's my, been my little dark secret for so long, but it's coming to life now. It'll probably be yes. available in a couple of weeks. Uh, sorry. It'll be on sale in a couple of weeks available to, uh, to have in your hand in a, in a couple of months. So I can't wait for that. Uh, and we thank you again. And yeah, we, Congratulations. Can't, wait to, we can't wait to see you back much. at Senegal. And we uh, Getting more wins, we were thrilled.
0: That's the plan. Thank you.
1: You're doing us proud. Thanks so much.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, I love her. She's uh, she's a superstar. She is. She is. She's one of the best, and absolutely growing into her skin so so well. Both uh, off the track with the broadcast stuff and that great reality TV show stuff we saw, uh, but also hasn't lost any of what she's got behind the wheel no. and doing Australia. Very very proud, very uh, proud on, on the international stage and hanging out with Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton crazy. and Carlos Sainz and Jensen um, Button. Not bad, not. I've hung out at all. with
1: Jensen Button once,
2: mm-hmm.
1: once yep. at uh, Mount Panorama.
2: What a combination!
1: I, I was very starstruck though, I must admit. So I, I get what she's saying about how she's just having a chinwag with these people and they going, oh, hang on, he's actually listening to my opinion. That's crazy, <laughs> absolutely crazy. That's cool. Um, yeah, very cool. But she'll grow into that and uh, I'm sure they're going to ask for her her opinion more times than not going forward because uh, she's an absolute star and we love her. So thank you very much we for do. coming on our
2: show. She's a, she's a gun. Okay, um, Tony, we uh, we can wrap up, but let me just uh, throw one thing at you. Now, I just, um, I think I had a little bolt of inspiration on the social medias during the week and I'd, um, I must've been hungry and I found a couple of cars that, that they they were like Gran Turismo cars and they were, there was a KFC car a McDonald's car and a a Krispy Kreme car. So I just Mm. quickly all jammed them together in one nice piece of art and asked everyone what's for dinner tonight. If you've only got these three options, are you going to eat Macca's KFC or Krispy Kreme? Where do you sit on the fast food? What's your, what's your choice out of those three? Uh, Probably Macca's.
1: Well, it's got a good cafe. And the coffee is not bad. Okay. I'm not, don't crucify me people. I don't reckon it's amazing.
2: I drink 7-Eleven
1: coffee. Macca's coffee, a coffee is like snob.
2: Macca's coffee yeah. is like an absolute delightful treat compared to it
1: 7-Eleven. It's, it's fast and it's, it's consistent. Not bad. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really into a lot of the fast food stuff, but if I really want to have a dirty night, yeah, like I'm feeling like just having crap food yeah. and a couple of beers Yep. KFC, 100%. Yeah.
2: Oh, the Dirty Bird is the best the dirty of the bird. birds. It's, but you it's... know what?
1: After you have it, you're like, oh, yeah, that was I'm... really not as good as what I thought it was going to nah. be. You feel empty. You feel empty. Yeah. And you feel disgusting, you know. Yeah, those, uh, uh, those yeah.
2: little wipes do absolutely nothing.
1: Nah. And then, like, I'm ringing Lee up at our trainer and just, like, penciling in another training session because I want to get it out of my body that quick. But, um, yeah, KFC. Yeah.
2: What's yours? I completely agree. Oh, actually I do love Maccas because I love pickles and I can always order a few extra pickles. So like if I'm, if I'm at Maccas, I'm definitely on the double cheeseburger program with a whole bunch of extra pickles. I mean, I always tell them, I want them to put a world record amount of pickles on there. (laughs) And I say that, and then sometimes you get three pickles and then sometimes they actually listen and you get like the same sort of, quantity of uh same uh size of pickles as the two slices of meat so you end up with this like green and brown burger and for me that's an absolute that's rule. fine yeah yeah it is disgusting now that i talk about it it's disgusting. but you did get
1: uh, a lot of people that that clicked on that one and yeah I engagement maybe excited. Put,
2: i did put it at dinner time as well so i think, ah, I think. if if kfc and macca's numbers spiked or uh, that night then um then they can come and see me uh, that was a, uh, that was a nice little, nice little win fast. food. I do. I kind of like fast food. It's a, it's a, I treat. Know you do. it's a
1: treat buddy belly tells me so anyway, get, get off me. We can't go just yet. I ran a little competition without asking you Oh um, yeah, on my socials, just as, you know, just to engage a few people. And I had nothing to talk about after Bathurst. So, you know, I had to go a different direction. You could have uh, done anyway. something
2: about sandcastles and, uh, Sand traps, I, I could have actually. You're right. Um, I put a photo
1: up of myself and Jason Barguana, and you were lurking in the background, just creepy. Like, I don't know what you're doing, being yeah. creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looked like Jason and I were having a good old laugh about something. So Probably I put make. the catch the caption up, and then I said, and then I got people to respond. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to read some of these responses because yeah. they're quite funny.
2: Okay.
1: Um, Grant Rowley, we all I, know him. I responded. I did offer a parked up t-shirt for the best comment. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have no more parked up shirts, said the good looking fox in the shadows. <laughs> well, Is I think that we've true?
2: Got, we've got one or two and they're both okay. small. So make sure you winner. Uh, you got to stalk the winner's profile and make sure you yeah. pick the leanest, leanest contender here.
1: All right. So I won't read them all out, but I'll read a couple out. Okay. Daniel Kuliz. <laughs> our, our mate photographer. He is not as small. He is not, so I won't. He won't win. Um, his one was okay. Um, and then I said, "I told you, I weighed less than you." <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, that's a, AJ Hawkins, sizest. Yes. Uh, hey bugs, you're even shorter in real life. No, not that's okay. That's okay. Not bad. Ian Tudor, who farted.
2: Yeah. My, my
1: five-year-old would say that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, how the hell did you win that race, Bugs? Well, I think we we're all wondering that. <laughs> 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 um, I thought you were retired, Bugs.
2: Oh. Yeah. yeah it's not, well, that's okay.
1: That's not too bad. Not too yeah. bad. It's a bit um, of a sledge. Um, a little bit of a sledge. Another one, Benny Barguana replied. Next time you beat me, Bugs, I'm gonna have have to take you out.
2: James Moffat style. Yeah. Like a Jason, Jason Bargwiner, James Moffat style. That's pretty big.
1: Actually, Moff did comment. He did comment on this one. Let me find his one. Okay, so James Moffat replied, you torpedoed Moffat beauty at Tassie. <laughs> and just imagine us laughing our heads off. Oh. That was a good hit, by the way.
2: That was massive.
1: Oh, Sean Jacobs, my brother-in-law. I just had my last training session, clearly not required. So I think he's saying that you can still win races when you've got a few kgs on board there.
2: Paul Bugs is absolutely copying it here.
1: He's copying it, mate. Now, actually, I need to
2: find the winner here.
1: (laughs) The winner. Where was it?
2: Of the small parked-up T-shirt. This is it. Drum roll, please. The winner
1: of the parked-up T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Is Simon Ripper
2: what a what a what a? Surname. I'm not sure
1: if that's his real name, but anyway, that's what I'm going with. I stalked him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He said, Driving that Peugeot has really aged you, Ben.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, that's I like nice. that. There, that's I very like good. That. So it's I put a, mass- a little
1: photo up of Ben and Jason side by side, and um, yeah, you can see the resemblance, but um. Maybe driving that Peugeot has really aged him. Put a few kgs on, a lot less hair, you know. I
2: like it. Very good. Well, congratulations, Mr. Ripper. You have scored yourself a parked up T-shirt. I really hope that you're a small. And if you're not, then I'm sure you, you'll have to find someone who is. Or you could he could maybe get it framed and put it on his. Well,
1: the challenge is going to be whether he listens to our podcast. Now, I did say on my social media, so tune in to our podcast this week to see who wins. But if he doesn't claim it, he doesn't actually make contact and say, hey, where's my T-shirt? Then he won't be getting it. Cool. All right. So you might get away with not giving someone their shirt again, just like James Fleming.
2: DM. yeah, (laughs) Poor James. DM Tony D or the Parked Up podcast on Instagram. And Mr. Ripper, you can get your T-shirt. Tony D, that's it. Let's go. It's not it. We're not done. We're not done. What else do you want? One more thing. Okay, Wait, we've got a supercar round this weekend. we have got to at least talk just two minutes about supercars and who the hell is going to win this weekend. Well, who's going to finish second? Yeah, cool. Let's talk about who's going to finish second. We know who's Why, going to win. Are you, what are you saying? What well, are you saying? Shane van Gisbergen is going to win, one hundred percent. That guy,
1: that guy, is a winning machine at the moment. He raced uh, a race at Sebring last night, not in real life on his on his simulator. Don't guess where he me.
2: came? Don't tell me. Guess, he, guess. I'm gonna guess he won. He won. <laughs> like does he, he not like can someone please re- drug test this guy do you reckon
1: it's just like infectious like you just once you start winning you just can't stop it's like when you start eating kfc burgers you just can't stop
2: it's a, a little bit like that thank you thanks for telling everyone about my kfc addiction um, i mean he's, he's been a freak. saying he's a freak that,
1: he's on fire did you see uh this week he said um he got asked why he's suddenly winning all the races because scotty mack had left yeah, Scotty mackett effed off to the yeah. east of the States. <laughs> yeah. Look, we know we all know that's not true, uh, but it was a funny comment to, to put out there and, and to be quite open that, hey, one of his best and most uh, awesome uh, competitors has gone to the US and has made his job a little bit easier. But he's certainly in his prime at the moment. He's just got so much confidence behind the wheel. So this weekend, no doubt, he's going to be a guy to beat. But who yep. else is going to be up there challenging?
2: I think Jamie will bounce back. I think it's it's always been a, a happy hunting ground for the Triple Eight cars, the Red Bull Ampole cars. So, uh don't be surprised to see both of those guys up up there punching. Maybe this is the time for DJR to turn around a little bit. It hasn't been the happiest of hunting grounds for those guys in the past, but, you know, new two new drivers as well. So that might give them a little bit of a uh, change in fortunes, but yeah, look, I, I'm really excited to see what the, who the guys who sort of over delivered at Sandown, the guys like uh, Kelly racing um, David Reynolds and Andre Heimgartner, the, the Erebuses. Um Chaz will be up there for sure. I reckon
1: Chaz. I reckon Chaz is going to be right up there myself.
2: Cam Waters I, will be up there as well. So, like, we're going to see the, uh, the a similar uh, crop of mm. crop of guys punching right at the front.
1: Yeah, Simmons Plains though, it, it, like we saw in TCR, it does um, throw a few spanners in the works. You think it's quite a simple circuit, but because there's only a few corners, it's pretty hard to make up time or be better than the next guy. So um, it will be challenging. You do have to get it right in qualifying. And what we've seen in the past is because it's such a small circuit, they actually split the qualifying session um, to try and alleviate some of the the amount of cars on circuit. I'm not sure whether they're doing that, um, but that can often be difficult if you've got 24 cars on the track trying to find their own little bit of space to put their lap time down. If you qualify down the back, you're in a bit of trouble.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of good passing places there, but yeah, if you're, if you're past the teens, then you can absolutely forget it unless you're Shane Van Gisbergen and you just win from anywhere. Oh God. Shane Van Gisbergen everywhere.
1: I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to get told off for saying Shane Van Gisbergen soon by Steph. So anyway, I reckon you're on the money. He's going to be the man to beat. The race for second is on. The race for second is on. And next week, When we do our next podcast, the Mm -hmm. results will be in. So we'll Mm -hmm. be able to actually have a chat about it. Cool. You'll be of an update.
2: No worries. That's it. This is Parked Up. We're powered by Race Fuels. And you will hear from us next week. Thanks for coming on, Grant. Thanks for having me.